In the remote Appalachian Mountains and around about the 18th century, there lived women and a few men among the settling clans who were called upon as healers. Professional medicine at this time was scarce in the hills, and most of these people did not trust outside sources. So those dedicated to the nurturing of their families and friends were called upon to do it. There was a lot of herbal knowledge that got passed down orally, along with some other quite questionable things that people today would probably categorize with buzzwords like witchcraft. These women came to be known as granny women. The men who practiced it were called folk healers, or simply healers. The older Appalachians were generally staunch Protestants, which filtered down into their healing methods, and so verses from the Bible came to be used as chants and hymns sung to and believed to work miracles. They were designed to bring love, prosperity, and even revenge. So what the rest of the world would have called witchcraft was not generally regarded as such by these people. Instead, they were always firm believers in the miracles of God. The power of the Bible verses they used in their chants and meditations didn't lie in what the words actually said. It was in the belief that the book itself actually came from a holy place. Life in Appalachia was hard, and these clans were impoverished and isolated. There were three main groups making up the first settlers in this area. European immigrants, German and Scotch-Irish, Native Americans of the Cherokee Nation, and Africans and runaway slaves before the abolition movement. These people crossed paths and mingled, forming a, a unique population, rich in cultural art, music, and spirituality. And most of the ritual in ancient Appalachian folk magic are a mixture of old pagan religions from Europe, Cherokee ritual, African spirituality, and Christian faith. Appalachian magic came to be an established tradition of herbalism, crafting love charms, banishing evil spirits, midwifery and preventing pregnancy, determining the sex of unborn children, finding water with what eventually would come to be known as dousing rods, and predicting things like the weather. This all passed down orally into the oldest families in these Black Hills, and a lot of the knowledge is lost now, except for a very few rare people who have kept it alive with their intimate bond with nature and family connections. Music has never been just music here either. It was once believed to hold power and could move intentions into actions. It was the catalyst in every spell, good work, and daily routine. A magic blend of old slave songs, Celtic folk ballads, and native tribal tunes. Appalachian folk magic has definitely changed over the years, and with the trends of the modern-day neo-pagan movement. It's nothing like it used to be. The old ways are truly unique, and only an exclusive few will ever get to witness or know its mysteries. This is Natural and Wild with Christine Grayson. I'm a storyteller, 
an indie artist here in Appalachia, and a muse. Today I'm finishing off my little three-parter witchy episodic with a little Appalachian folk magic flavor after talking about how we're so connected to nature by her elements, earth, wind, water, and fire. Welcome to my show. I'm from one of the oldest and biggest Appalachian family clans that span the area of North Carolina, Tennessee, and Virginia. Just about everybody around here is related. We got here around 1765. It's a history rich in the kind of true stories that you hear in movies and read in novels. As a matter of fact, there are even a few folk songs about us one being the Ballad of Tom Dooley. Dooley, they they pronounced it. Hang down your head, Tom Dooley. Fast forward through even more dramatic murders, love triangles, and moonshiners bootlegging their product, and you'll finally land on my great-grandfather, Henry McGee, who was one of the more rare male folk healers around. He could cure all your warts, find your water, make anything grow anywhere you wanted it to grow. I decided that that was all a nice segue into what I wanted to talk about today. A lot of this does come to me through oral tradition and that very close bond with nature that I have. I believe it's cruel and biased to always refer to the dark arts as something bad. Just because we're used to hearing the term in connection with somebody trying to do something bad to somebody or cause disease or bad luck. The word occult originally just meant concealed or not easily understood. You could use the word occult in the sentence, he wasn't trained in occult matters like nuclear physics. But now that word has changed its definition with the times. Our Western culture now defines it as something paranormal and diabolical. It's been tainted. The whole universe is dark art. There's so much darkness in it. And in that dark space, that very big dark space, things are created. We mirror this dark space inside our own heads. And when a light happens, When we send a flicker of energy through that darkness, just with our thoughts, something somewhere has to burn for it. In order for there to be light, something will always have to burn. You literally burn calories when you use your brain for thinking. It's called a a combustion reaction, and you're burning glucose. So when a human being has a thought, That human being burns something and creates a spark, a spark of energy. Did you know you generally burn around 300 calories just from thinking in a typical day? You do. The sun is pure nuclear fusion, one of the most violent forces in our universe. It's easy to look at, well, not directly, and see and feel this beautiful light that warms us and makes things grow. And it's easy to forget that it's this violent nuclear reaction. Something's always burning and dying in order to create the light. So there's always this dual force of opposites. And within that force of opposites, there are very complicated offshoots of the main opposites. 
light and dark. They both have their offspring of many types, colors, temperatures, gradients, and on and on and on. Nothing in this universe is lasting and everything can be manipulated. And once it's finally easier to understand how space, air, fire, earth, and water have such an intimate relationship with our bodies and our minds, it starts to get easier to understand how we have the power to bring anything we want closer to us because we're only limited by our refusal to believe in our abilities. We're limited by our own dogmas and allowances. Some people have decided they just aren't allowed to manifest or generate this kind of creative energy due to the doctrines of established systems made by other human beings. When it becomes easier to understand how we're born of and made of the same things, connected so intimately with elements and chemicals in each other, boundaries can start to fall down. Obstacles and mental blocks can be removed. You don't even have to use ritual or go through the old ways anymore. You are the creative force of this universe. You're the same thing. And it's not bad because this is creation. And so I believe that it's downright disrespectful to call any of this manifestation dark art or witchcraft. That human judgment is just rejection of what we are and how we are made and how we evolve and how we expand. We've done an excellent job of separating ourselves from what has always been very real and turning it around and calling it an evil fantasy. Now we use keywords and phrases to make it all sound a little better, like the law of attraction, just to keep from traumatizing anybody in the mainstream who might freak out if they hear anybody's trying to intentionally use their spiritual and mental abilities to manifest anything. But the reality is that we do this all the time. It's what we're made to do. Every time you have a thought, you're manifesting something. You're planting a seed. Every visual post you make on social media brings a certain energy and a response to your life. The way you use your words with people surrounds you with very specific types of things and feelings. The way you compose a song, the energy you put into baking a loaf of bread, the way you treat a lake, the food you take in and process and release again. You are always conjuring. All of us are. Just own it. Consciously. So let's talk about manifestation. You're doing it all the time. But most of the time, people are doing it haphazardly and subconsciously and making a mess of it. Things like doubt, anger, depression, all of that stuff is so easy to feel in the course of a day because the world is messed up. And it's easy and it's comfortable to fall back on feeling these negative responses. And these negative responses, all your doubts, your anger, and your feelings of sadness and depression and disappointment, they're all feeding what you're manifesting right now. This is happening all the time. 
Whatever you're letting your mind and your brain do, it's sending out a message. It's attracting something to you because you're connected to this big web of space and air and fire and water and earth holding it all together. And so instead of letting it all fumble around like a clumsy, idiotic clown, just become aware, become conscious of what you're thinking about and feeling. What are, the, what are some of the things that people usually want more of? Love, power, money, stuff? Um, okay, I want, I want some money, okay? I want some money. Now, if I'm trying to manifest some money or draw some money in my direction, the last thing that I want to be doing is saying to myself, I need some money. Because the mere utterance of the word need puts an entirely different energy in that manifestation. Instead of attracting the money, I'm attracting more loss. I'm manifesting energy, thoughts, that fiery, real electrical impulse of the brain. I'm conjuring the fact that I'm needy. I need something, which means I don't have it. It's not there yet. That's not what I want to be putting out there. So instead of doing that, I'm going to stay away from the word need. I'm going to focus my thoughts and my thinking on I have enough money to do or I have plenty of money for or even better, I have the means to, I'm able to. Because sometimes that ability to accomplish something is going to come from a source that might not be your own money or might not be money at all. Maybe that abundance or that thing that you're looking for will come from a person or an excess of some supply of something or even a gift. You never know how that abundance will get to you. So don't limit your resources by believing they always have to be in the form of digital numbers or dollars. Become conscious of your own feelings and thoughts train your brain to think in a more functional positive way it's hard if this is something that you never do because we literally form new neuron pathways in our brains every time we think and if we're constantly thinking depressively that's what pathways that we formed and those neuron pathways will get rewarded every time we stay on that depressive path by producing serotonin you have to consciously and forcefully train your brain to make some new neuron pathways for positive thinking. It's work, it's practice, and it's energy. And you're conjuring something. You're conjuring and making something magic happen every time you do this in your head. And it's not witchcraft. It's the way you were made, and it's what you're supposed to be doing. This is what we're doing all the time. Most people are just doing it in a clumsy, unhealthy way, which accounts for a lot of pain and suffering. Manifestation. Start with a clear visual of what you want. You're not gonna need any tools or rituals for this. Decide what you want. Be clear about it. Don't put limitations on it. Wrap your head around the idea that you can have it. You do deserve it. You're not some kind of unworthy, filthy animal. This is impossible for you. 
you deserve it. You're here just like everybody else, and you have just as much of a right to it as anybody else does, and you can have it. Don't put limitations on how you'll get it or what form it needs to come in. Just be clear on the end result of what you want. Don't even think about or try to break down how you're going to get it or why you, you might get it or the science behind it. Stop doing that. Just visualize the end result of what you want. And now take away the word want because the word want is limiting. If you want something, that means you don't have it. You do have this. You have this right now. Live like you've already got it. Act like you've already got it. It's yours. And do this until you've trained your brain to believe it. And now that you've visualized it clearly, you've got to infuse it with energy and bring it to life. And this is the magic part. You've got that creative fire in you, that light that shines through the vast darkness of space. You can turn it on anytime you want, and it's pure fire. You're really generating fire and energy when you think. And so you're going to use this and generate this firelight inside your body and use your body as a vessel of a creative force. You're going to feed this fiery, warm life energy into your visual, into this thing that you no longer want, but you already have in your life, somewhere, and it's on its way to you. Now I'll admit that women do have a slight advantage here, and this is why. We're all, as human beings, bound to physical things. We're physical bodies. We don't like to believe in anything that we can't see, touch, taste, anything we can't decipher through our physical senses because we're made of these things. It's how we operate. And so throughout history, most people trying to understand something or manifest something have resorted to using physical tools and ritualistic practices externally to manifest what they wanted figurines representing people or deities or spirits, candles representing spiritual forces, things like that. But women are physical vessels for the creation of life already. So instead of having to set up some kind of physical ritual with things and tools to represent creating something, in order to get themselves into that zone and feel this ability to conjure, they can already feel it happening in their own bodies. Women can use what they're already naturally doing to spiritually direct that energy into manifesting what they want. Their reproductive cycles already generate a ton of fiery hot energy that generates and sustains life. The life of a baby, or the life of an idea, or a desire. Are you menopausal? Already done with your reproductive cycles? Doesn't matter. Your body still holds on to that memory. Your body is a vessel of memories. Don't remember what your great-great-great-great-grandmother's nose looked like? Your body does. It's sitting on your face. 
centuries of memories are still attached to your body physically this is what our bodies do they hold memories and you can conjure at age 90 like the day you conjured at age 16 just a little less haphazardly now hopefully and men you are not exempt while women have an advantage you can still do this you might just have to focus a little more and use a little more visualization. Raise the temperature in your own body. Raise your own fire energy and give life to that creation. Every single one of us is constantly building already, building our own worlds, our own lives, until the day we leave this planet and travel on through some light beam to another place. And even then, we're still weaving in and out of this eternal, ever-expanding creation. And all we've got to do to have the life that we want is to become conscious of what we want and focus, train, practice. Make that brain and that body and that mind work the way they're capable of working. This has been Natural and Wild with me, Christine Grayson. I'd like to thank the biggest supporters of this podcast, as this is a listener-supported show. Bruce Presson, Chris Nolan, Sheila McGregor, Robin Umber, Yvonne Ragland, William Bishop, and Arnold Bloom. A big thank you to all those who have supported the show via PayPal this week. The links to both the PayPal tip jar and my Patreon page are at the bottom of the podcast page of my website, christinegrayson.com. Have a great weekend, be safe, and stay on the high ground.